Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. morning C3 Calgary. We feel a breakthrough in here today. I feel there's breakthrough in the in the atmosphere. It's a beautiful thing and as um, my father-in-law said, yeah, I'm Stephen and I'm so happy to be here. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, I hope I get to meet you afterwards. And this is the first time in a long time actually where um, when I've come out to speak uh, my wife and family have been able to be here with us as well, which is awesome because she's been holding up the fort there downtown at our downtown central campus. But our team, today we said, team, over to you guys. You're awesome. You're amazing. You can do this. And I know they're having a powerful service there. And, um, and Pastor Serena will actually be speaking down there as well, the youth pastor. So it's really exciting. And it's a great thing today. I get to conclude our series on Onward and Outward. It's been a great, great series talking about going onward, moving onward. I feel like we're moving onward with things. We're going to put the last little bit behind us. But a big part of how we do that is we actually um, look outward. We become outward people. And so today's message is uh, we're going to preach the word because we believe in preaching the word here at C3 Calgary. But I'm going to have a little bit of fun with it too. Today's message is called How Good Bands Make Great Music. How do good bands make great music? You know, I'm uh, a musician. I love music. My wife's telling me I've got something going on here. The jacket and got a little thing going here. I'm just not used to this high-tech, sophisticated setup we have here at West. We need to steal some of the gear from here, I think, and, and take it down to our... We're still using um, like a, a can or like a, a can with strings on it. We're not really. They're great down there, but... Just not used to it, but so forgive me if there's a little bit of noise going on. Um, I, since basically age 16 to 25, was in a band, a musical band of some kind. Uh, Brittany and I ended up going to Bible college, uh, not for pastoring as much as we were in the worship stream at C3 College. And I've been in good bands. I've been in not so good bands. I've been in ones that lasted a long time and ones that had one gig and then never talked to each other again. I've been in um, wedding bands, worship bands. A uh, big part of before we moved to Canada, um, my nights would involve Saturday night playing in a cover band uh, to about three o'clock in the morning and then getting to church to do worship the next morning because we were saving up money to move. I love music. And so that's why I want to use that analogy today to talk about the body of Christ. Maybe you're a sports person here. That's fine. You could think of it as a team and a coach. Maybe you're a part of the chess club. You could, uh, you could talk about that. Uh, maybe you're a Pastor Tim and it was a Star Wars thing. I don't know. Whatever you want to look at, I've got the microphone, so I'm going to talk about us being a band today. Welcome to the band, a.k.a. the body of Christ. And uh, the thing is, because what happens in, in a band is they come together around a set of, of values, something they love, to make something beautiful for the world. The body of Christ, we come united around God, something beautiful, but we're then actually meant to produce something great to offer the world. 
We're actually meant to produce music to offer the world around us that's so beautiful, that's amazing, that's in, um, innovative, that hasn't, uh, it's been, the message is the same, but the method's different. It's, it's something new and original, and that's what it is to be in the body of Christ, the band. So we're going to talk about that today, and, uh, and I hope we have some fun, but more than that, I hope we hear the word of, word of God. So Philippians 2 is our text, and let me just pray very briefly here. Lord, I thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you, God. It's ageless. It's timeless. It's authoritative in our lives and in our world around us, Lord. The world doesn't dictate uh, to us what has authority. The, the word of God does. And so I thank you, Lord God, as we talk about the word, explore the word, you're speaking by your Holy Spirit as well, and that we can leave today changed uh, with a different perspective, a different mindset, not from my words, but from your words and your spirit moving in this place. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Um, so maybe you're here today, it's your first time in church, and we just, I'm, thank you for being here. I remember being first coming into a church and being in an entirely different culture, and it's a, an, um, it's a really weird experience. So even the fact that you're here is very brave, but we, um, this passage is really speaking to what it looks like to be a follower of Christ, to have an experience with Jesus. What's the flow-on effect of that? But the great thing at about verse 5 in this passage of Scripture, it actually gives such, gives such a revelation of what Jesus did for us. So today the message is for those who follow Christ or maybe you've never heard the word of God before. This is for you as well because it paints a picture of the gospel of what Jesus did for us. Therefore, not to gain his love, not to get his love, but because he so loved, we can then go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus. So Philippians 2 verse 1 says, If then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy. So what's Paul saying here? He's saying basically if we're connected to Jesus, if we've had an experience with him, if we have the spirit within us, the result will be, verse 2, he says, make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit and intent on one purpose. Do nothing, what, nothing? Nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look not to his own interest, but rather to the interest of others. And here's where, in the original language, this was more of a, a poetic um, language around this. Paul says this poem. It says, Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. Amazing passage of scripture, right? It was so cool. Last week, I was sharing a um, similar passage of scripture at the central location. And I heard uh, that Pastor Tim even used this scripture in his message last week. Um, then... Pastor Sarana came in and she said, Stephen. I said, yes. She said, I, I heard you preach Philippians 2. And I said, yeah. And she said, that's the one that I'm meant to be preaching next Sunday at Central as well. And on top of that, there was a gentleman who it's his first time ever in, in our church last week at the Central location, came up to me at the end of the service, and he, he was visibly moved. And he, and he said, um, so this is his first time in our location of all the days to come. He said, you know, I have tattooed on my heart Philippians 2. 
That's the scripture 20 years ago that I got tattooed on my heart. So maybe God's trying to speak to us as C3 Calgary a little bit here through this. Um, but it's an amazing thing. What the scripture says, if we've experienced God, the result is we'll, we'll aim to love others, unite and not divide, have a similar purpose. Or we could say maybe have different instruments, sound skills, whatever it might be, but come together as the band to produce something great for the world around us. So I got four kind of points and then a general point on top of that. Um, and I want to show some illustrations about what I believe Paul's kind of saying here. Because that's some pretty big stuff, hey? Nothing out of selfish ambition. Well, I, I'm guilty of, of already not you know, living that out this week. We all have selfish things that tend to come up in our flesh. What's, called, uh, what's Paul doing in all these things to be united? Well, well, it's so hard to unite when we have different nuances and see different things. But Paul's call, not calling us out. He's calling us up to a higher standard of living. He's calling us up to a, a kingdom way of living that as the body of Christ, the band today, I know some of you guys have always wanted to be in a band. As the band, we get to live uh, try to live out a higher calling, and then when we fall short, when we don't measure up, the grace of God fills that gap for us because he lived it out for us already. So what's Paul saying here? The first thing is he, he sort of commands and directs us to do, and we believe that all scriptures God breathes. So through the author Paul, um, the apostle Paul, he's saying the same thing to us today. He says, thinking the same way. We're talking about how does a, a a good band make great music. The first point is that they, they think the same. They think the same way. Now, this doesn't mean to think the exact same thoughts, but this means to think the same way. What Paul is, is saying to us is the body of Christ, a, a good band, needs to at least have some of the basic thoughts, values, and mindset that keep them on track playing the same music. That's what we're gathered here today as. We have some, some thoughts about God, thoughts about the Word of God, maybe thoughts about style, maybe thoughts about how we enjoy a good coffee at the cafe when we come to church. There's something similar that brings us together in our thinking and in our values, and it doesn't mean we're all exactly the same, but there's something that's meant to keep us tracking in the same direction. Are, you, are we tracking today? And it doesn't mean that it's all the exact same thoughts. You know, I remember one time we had an audition for a band, and we're auditioning a drummer into our band. It was a worship team setting, and uh, he'd sat through practice, and the process was you'd turn up, and you would listen to a few songs, then you'd get up and play. And the song that we were playing was, um, you know, it was one of the slower worship songs. You know what I mean? Like, it's all worship, but there's, like, fast songs, and then there's these slow worship songs. And the, the drum was kind of, you know, like, very slow, like, very chill. And so the guy sat through this, and, and it was said to him, hey, do you want to get up and practice now? Do you have a bit of an idea? He's like, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Got up and first verse started. Things were great, singing along. Well, then we got to the chorus and all of a sudden, he went in some full metal mode music-wise. He wasn't like he was going punk rock in the middle of a worship song. And what's the conflict that, that, that he had a different uh, thought pattern? He was thinking some different thoughts that the rest of the band was tracking with. Safe to say, he didn't make the audition that night. But what was the problem? There? That, that he had a different style of that completely contradicted what was going on. That's not us. We come together. 
Different people, different walks of life, different situations, but we are centered around Christ. We are here to worship. We have some thoughts out there, but our greater thoughts are that we're, uh, we feel that we're meant to be a part of this body, or if you're visiting today from a different church, you're part of the body, and there's something that brings you together. And I think sometimes we read scriptures about you have to think the same way, and we think it means thought for thought. But are we on the same page and heading in the same direction? That's what Paul is calling us to do. That's how a good band makes great music. That's how the body of Christ functions. Making good music starts with something, that, a similar thought that we're going to head in the same direction together. The second thing that I've noticed in, in being in, in bands and how that can relate to the body of Christ and this scripture is Paul says, having the same love. Bands that work well have a love and respect for each other. Uh, I remember... One of the times I broke up the band. I broke up a few bands in my time. But the one time in particular uh, that we had come together around some similar thoughts. We were making music, and it was while we were at Bible College in Sydney. And, uh, but then I was feeling the call to, to move back to my home province, my island state of Tasmania, and the rest of them wanted to keep on rocking the free world out there. Um, and so I remember the conversation we had where I, I was like, guys, I'm leaving. Like, I'm feeling called to go and start a young adults ministry back in Tasmania. And it was a really emotional moment. Four stinky guys with our guitars and drums had a group hug, and it was emotional. It was because during that period of time, we'd grown to respect and love each other, of doing something together, of, of actually side by side making music together. And this respect and love had developed in us. Paul says, having the same love for, and, and, uh, you know, so as a result of knowing Christ, we're going to have the same love. What's all that about? Well, I believe um, that what he's calling us to is to have a, a, a love that goes beyond the shallow level of, I love this coffee, I love that music, I love this thing, but something that goes deeper into bonds that have been formed and respect for each other that will sacrifice for each other. See, in the Bible, many of you guys would know there's, um, translated from the original language, there's really four different words that when we see love written in the Bible, that, that's actually been translated from Greek to, to our English word love, and they all have slightly different meaning. So those ones would be uh, where we see love in the Bible, it could have been translated from eros, love, which is kind of a, a sensual kind of love. Um, you know, that's where the word erotic comes from. Hello, settle down, Sunday morning, it's all good. But that's a sensual kind of romantic love, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Uh, the second kind could be storge or, or storge love, which means a family love. The, the love we have in family, the whole um, blood's thicker than water kind of idea. The other one is a, a philo love or filio, which means a, a brotherly kinsfolk love for each other. But then there's this one that's in a little bit of a league of its own, and it's called agape love. Have you heard of that word, agape love? Can you say agape? Agape. And this is an amazing thing. And this is actually in this passage where the word love comes from. So let me refer to the Bible dictionary to get the definition of agape uh, love for us. Because this is when we get this concept, it not only shows us how much God loves us, but it shows us how we are then to love others. Because in this passage, Paul translates that that love, is he's using agape. So my Bible dictionary says, agape is a sacrificial love 
that voluntarily suffers inconvenience, discomfort, and even death for the benefit of another without expecting anything in return. It's sacrificial love. And it's actually the love that that Jesus has for us that we get to transfer to others. So yeah, 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 we're called to love each other as as brothers and sisters. We know that. No, no, we're actually called to agape love. An uncomfortable kind of love. A sacrificial kind of love. And a love that we see in Jesus who laid his life down. In Ephesians 5, it says... uh, 5 verse 1, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Okay, so there it is. We're meant to imitate God and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. That's agape love. That Christ poured himself out for us. And the call, be imitators of God. This is an amazing thing. This is a thing that can only be done through the Holy Spirit, I found. Can only be done with fellowship with him, but can only be done by going through hard times together. Bands sometimes go through hard times together. But we're still called to love, agape love to each other. I'm sure you can think of a time where somebody went out of their way to do something for you that made you feel so loved and there was no expectation of anything in return. That's actually something we're meant to live out every day as Christians. We're invited to live that out. So good bands make great music by having a sacrificial love for each other and respect that keeps them even through the tough times together. The third thing that Paul calls us to is to be united in spirit. That sounds great. Unity. That's something we all believe in until something happens and all of a sudden, no longer, I was thinking during the, early days of the the pandemic, COVID there, it was like, we're in this together. Then a few months later, it was like, call on your neighbor if they're having a party that's got too many people over. We very quickly can go from unified to not unified if it's not built on the right thing, and that's the foundation of Christ. That's the things that actually can ultimately bring unity. You can unite around a cause. You can unite around a a convoy. You can unite around a a sports thing. You can unite around a thing for a period of time. But you can only truly unite in Christ and around Christ that will last for eternity. That's what unites us together. United in spirit. Paul Paul says, because of knowing Christ, I'm, I'm asking you, make my joy complete by being united. So I want to talk about unity because I think sometimes, again, we think that this is where we have to be looking the same, acting the same, being exactly the same. And if I don't believe the exact same thing or I'm not the same personality, then I don't belong in that church, in that part, as a member of the body of Christ. But that's not biblical unity. That's not the unity that um, Paul's calling us to, that God's calling us to. When you look into the, the concept of unity in the New Testament and throughout the Old, it's actually means harmony together. We're called to harmonize and be in harmony together. Um, I'm going to use a, an a, uh, illustration here that's going to work really well or it's going to fall flat on its face. So let's do it. Let's get the keyboard fired up over here. You see, everyone's going to see how bad a keyboard player I am. But I want to teach us a little bit of music theory here today. There we go. We're in. So in music, because we're talking about how 
um, good bands make great music, right? So many of you guys have known, and if you don't, just try to relate to this. But music is really, it's a maths equation. It's mathematics. And it's made up of uh, seven different notes or, or sounds that we have. And then you hit the eighth, and you're actually back at the first note. So let me, let me illustrate. I'm going to go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'm at the eight. Take a bow. I'm going somewhere with this. Some of you guys think I'm crazy. So, um, and here's the one note. And I think sometimes we think unity is that we're all meant to be a one note. And sure, we maybe we hit different like pitches and different octaves of sound, but we're all kind of meant to be hitting the same thing. So if we were to do that though, in music, this is the one note. And then this is the one note. So see how they're the same sound, but they're actually a different thing. And so that's great. We can make some different sounds. Hey, we could even go up here if we're a one note. We could even go up here as well. That's great. But the thing is, after a few times, I've already hit the maximum amount of what I can do with that one note. I've, I've hit the one note so many times, but it starts to become a little bit repetitive if the song was just this, right? my ears, but that's a bad excuse. So, but here's what, because there's all these other two, three, four, five, six, seven notes that come in between, and actually, that's you and I. We're not all the same note, are we? We're all a little bit different. So, what do we do with unity when we're all a little bit different? Well, we do what the Bible says, which actually, unity is about harmonizing and being in harmony together. So then what happens when we realize, okay, it's not about just being Pastor Lorne and sounding the exact same as him and doing the exact same. God might have called Pastor Lorne to be a one, but maybe he's calling me to be a three, and maybe he's calling someone else to be a five. How does that work when we're trying to be in unity? Well, this is the amazing thing about music. This is how good bands make great music. They realize that it's not about being repetitive. It's about harmonizing each other. So let's see what happens when we put the, the one, the three, the five together. We have a chord in music, a triad, if you really want it to be. And maybe we can throw the seven on there as well, just to kind of... But then what happens when you've got a bunch of chords that are playing different notes, and then you start to put them together? Well, Hello again, my but, but all of a sudden... What's a very limited expression that we get to offer the world, if we're just a one note piping on the same thing, doing the same thing over and over again, when we go, actually, no, I'm a one, you're a three, you're a five, and we have chords, and we harmonize each other, but then beyond that, we actually get to go on and make music and put chords together. What my point is, is there's a vast variety of musical chords in here, of different sounds, of different pitches, and I think some people have felt, well, I'm not a one, I'm not a three, I'm not a five, I don't have the same thing as Pastor Lorne or the leadership team or someone in my connect group, and so I'm feeling like I'm not very unified. Uh, it's not about being the same, it's more are we harmonizing with each other? Because when we harmonize with each other, we actually get to produce something that goes on to show the world Jesus in a mighty way. Remove yourself from thinking that you have to be a number one and sound just like that. 
But are we taking our number five, our number seven, whatever personality we are, wherever we find ourselves, and are we going, okay, I'm harmonizing with the believers around me. My brothers and sisters, I might not be exactly the same. I might not sound the same, but I'm called to be unified and harmonize and produce something that the world looks at and goes, that's beautiful. That's what biblical unity is. So when Paul calls us to unity, I don't want us to think that he's calling us to just be the exact same. Actually, he's calling us to be a vast expression of God in the earth, the body of Christ, hands, feet, heads, knees, backs, all kinds of things that go out to the world and say, hey, here's the music of God that he has. We can harmonize, even, we can be unified and harmonized even though we're very different people at times. I hope that helped. Was that okay illustration? I, I, I think sometimes, I wanted to keep it in the theme, you know, but... I think that sometimes we can become just a one over and over again when we're actually, God's calling us to produce chords to offer the world. So Paul is saying, if you know Christ, you're going to have, you're going to um, think the same way, not the exact same thoughts. You're going to have a love that goes through hard times together. You're going to actually be united in spirit, but it's not about sounding the same. It's about harmonizing with each other. And on that, what we gather around and what we unite around is so much more powerful than what we could divide over. It's Jesus. And that's how we get unity in the body. If you're feeling disunified or not connected and you're feeling like, I don't know if I can really um, support that or, or I, I don't feel like I would be as vocal as someone about that, like remember that we're actually like, it's what brings us together is not our politics, is not our style, it's not our preference. It's actually the Son of God. It's Christ Jesus. And that is so much more powerful than anything in this place that's dividing us right now. When we know how much Jesus can unify us, all the division drops away. Sure, we have to work through stuff. But don't be divided over the little things. Let's unite around the big things. In the name of Jesus, I declare that over us today. As someone who finds it so easy to get sidetracked and divided in this world, I want to bring it back to Jesus and say, he's the one that we unite into today and always here at C3 Calgary. So then there's kind of the, um, what Paul is saying. He said that we unite in, in harmonize together. We, we have a similar thing that's driving us, some thoughts and ideas about God. We have a love and respect for each other. And it, it, then he says, intent on one purpose. So what is that purpose? See, good bands ultimately have to have the same purpose. I remember I was in one band that I was playing in, and we were make, um, making music, and things were going well. But uh, one of our, the purpose for one of the people being there was to not actually do live concerts or anything like that. He'd rather be in the basement making music on his computer. Some of us wanted to be out traveling, and then one of the guys wanted to be drinking side of stage all the time. That was his purpose. Safe to say that band didn't work out too well. It wasn't me. I wasn't that guy. But what ultimately divided was that there wasn't the same purpose. There wasn't the same um, uh, end goal in mind. There wasn't the same outcome, what, what it looked like. And so Paul says, hey, if you know Christ, if you're in a local church, a body, if he's speaking to the Philippians, he'll say there's actually going to be one purpose. Good bands ultimately have the same purpose to make great music. And here's the amazing thing. When we're living out our Christian faith and we're walking it out, we have the greatest purpose on the planet. We have the greatest, we're all called to the greatest purpose on the planet. Whether today your things are going well for you, you have an amazing career and 
battle. Maybe you're unemployed. Maybe you're in school or maybe you're uh, retired. Maybe you've um, moved recently. Maybe you've been here a long time. Whatever our day-to-day task looks like, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about our purpose. What is our purpose? Now, um, that's the, the coolest thing. Because I feel like there's some of us who have felt a little purposeless in this last little time. We, we haven't felt like we've had much purpose. But the amazing thing is, we're invited to the greatest purpose every day of our lives. What if we actually live that way? What if I, I said to myself, what if I actually lived like today I had purpose? What if we woke up, wiped the sleep off our eyes, and, and we could go, oh, that's right. Today I actually have purpose. I'm a part of something great. Today, there isn't just nothing to do. There's actually a lot I can do because of the purpose I'm called to. See, our purpose and the call, I believe, throughout the Word of God uh, that can be done in any stage of life is is quite a simple one. Do you want to hear the purpose today that we all have? Because sometimes we need to be reminded um, of our purpose as Christians. Now, remember, it can look very different. It can act very different. It can be in a very different context. I think it's a very simple purpose, and that's to love and serve God faithfully and play a part in seeing others experience that love. Jesus says it as love God and love people. Love and serve God faithfully, and play a part in seeing others to get to experience that, that love. That's what you and I get to do, no matter the context, context, no matter the place, no matter where we find ourselves, no matter if we're a brand new follower of Jesus, or no matter if we've been following him all our lives, the purpose is to love God and then to love people. We actually love God by loving other people. We actually honor God, and that gets expressed by how we treat other people. So we all have that one purpose. And Paul was talking to the Philippians, and it's not like they were all just doing the one one thing. They would go back to their homes, go back to their areas of the city, go back to their places, and they would then have the same purpose of loving God and loving others. Very simple. So how are we going? Are we feeling encouraged today? Are we feeling like we have some things good? I'm going to kind of bring it uh, into this last part of Scripture and then share some more word because the amazing thing, the, the wild thing, the unbelievable, hard-to-comprehend thing is Paul actually says here through the Scriptures, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look not to his own interest, but rather to the interest of others. Oh, that's hard. And, and, and Paul is giving um, the direction in the context of knowing that our God is a grace-filled and merciful God. In the context of having shared the word of God that says nothing that we do can actually gain us access to God. It's all that what has Jesus has done. Therefore, we attempt to live out this life. But when we don't, welcome to being a human. But this is the charge. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Uh, good bands that make great music actually bring the best out of each other. This is what I learned at music school. Uh, my music teacher for two years was Ryan Smith, who was the worship pastor of C3 Sydney for a long time, but he's now the, the dean of the, of the college or the head of the um, creative uh, college there that we went to. And what he would say is um, a whole part of what he would teach is about being a selfless musician. He's like, you didn't come here to become a good musician or a great musician by yourself. You've actually came here to be a selfless musician. 
And for those who study music and, and study bands, the ones that last a long time and the ones that actually produce the great music are actually selfless musicians. They're not just there to make themselves sound good, good. They're there to make the band sound good. The guitarist won't play something just because he wants to play it. He'll make sure that it's going to work well with the rest of the band. Some of the world's greatest drummers we see in, in music um, actually play the most simple things, even though they could play a much more wild thing that would get attention to themselves because it's not about them. It's about the others in the band all experiencing it together. That's selflessness, selflessness as opposed to the, the rock star who climbs the guitar amps and um, does the solos behind his head all the time, even though the band are just kind of like looking like this at him. Like There's a time and place, but actually there's a time in music in, in band where you're actually meant to think of the other people more than yourself. And that's the call of us as Christians. We're actually meant to bring out the best in each other. We're actually meant to serve in a way that would um, not just benefit us, but benefit each other and the world around us. This takes humility. This takes humility. I love the way C.S. Lewis um, defines humility. He says that humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of yourself less. We're in a time and age and focus at the moment that talks a lot about self, self-care, um, self-help books, all these things that are very, very important. If you were here a couple of weeks ago, I talked about um, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, if you're not loving yourself, if you're not caring yourself, you're limited in how much you can love someone else. Self-care is very important. But we're also called to be selfless. We're also called to seasons where we, we pour ourselves out for others. And that doesn't mean thinking little of ourselves, not caring for ourselves. As C.S. Lewis says, I believe the biblical idea of humility is not thinking less of yourself, just thinking of yourself a little less. We live in an age that is quite self-centered. What if we wouldn't be anti-culture people, we'd be counter-culture people and live selfless lives? I think that would show the glory of Jesus. Pastor Phil Pringle in his latest book, Disciple, says, humility serves. We serve each other when we have opportunity. We get people their food. We take their coat. We open the door. We carry the bags. We straighten the seats. We pick up rubbish. We pull weeds. We help each other with the unglamorous task. That's what humility does. I think that's a beautiful picture. And I believe true humility can only be demonstrated in very secure people. Insecure people can't serve. Secure people can serve because it's not about what we get. It's not about what we're seeing. It's about who he is and how much God loves us and how much God does for us. Adopt the same attitude as Christ. I've got to finish up here. I, I, um, I'm just on the intro section of my sermon. Just kidding. I'm a little bit further than that, but I'm going to skip ahead. But adopt the same attitude as Christ. That's an amazing concept and thing. I think sometimes we think that we worship Jesus and we're just to love him, and it's impossible, and we, and we emphasize the divinity of Jesus, of who was fully divine, and that's an amazing thing. And we forget that he also poured out his divinity and was human, yet still lived a selfless life. And we can actually, in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, adopt the attitude of Christ. It's an amazing thing. How's our attitude this week? How's our attitude towards each other? How's my attitude towards our, our leaders or our, our government or my town at the moment or my community or my city? Uh, is it an attitude of Christ? Probably not, by flesh. 
But what is adoption? It's taking something on and bringing it in and making it a part of. So let's be people who adopt the attitude of Christ. Skip over that point, even though it was really good. The other thought I wanted to offer us here today is this amazing thing, because I I think um, we know if you've been a Christian for a while, and if not, we believe that the only way to be saved is through faith in Christ. It's not by our works. It's not by how hard we work, by what we do, by how many times we come to church, how many times we read the Bible. We, that doesn't get us saved, right? It's only what Jesus did and accepting that. The, the, the option is um, to accept him for who he said he was and have faith in him that I can't do it, but he can do it, or to reject that, but we can never work our way to heaven. We can never work our way into eternity. But it's, there's this fascinating um, verse here that says, in verse 6 of the scripture we've been focusing on, it says, Take on the attitude of Christ, who existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. That's fascinating to me. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant and taking on the likeness of humanity. God didn't exploit being God to lay down his life. And I think sometimes I'm guilty of exploiting the grace of God to not serve others. I'm guilty of exploiting the fact that I know that I'm saved through faith and not by my actions, that because I know that, then I don't take action, because I'm saved by grace. But actually, the Bible defines, and we see in James, that he says that um, faith without works is is dead, or faith without action is actually dead. He says um, that sincere faith actually has action. So, I know I often play the grace card, but I I believe the scriptures and God's calling us to stop playing the grace card for not serving others, but start adopting the mindset of Christ. So even though he was God, poured it out and emptied it out. We can serve and love and should serve and love not not as a, uh, a ticket to heaven, not as a ticket to relationship with God, not because we've got to to get to God, but because he already got to us, that we get to take action. Because we couldn't do it on our own, but because we place faith in him, the outplaying of that faith as we become more and more like Christ is we'll start to have outward eyes that look to others and want to serve. It can be a confusing thing. Well, isn't that, don't I have to work? Don't I have to serve? Don't I have to do that? No, no, no. You don't got to. You get to as a result of already being saved. You get to as the outpouring of being fully alive and fully accepted by Christ before we even did anything. That's the miracle and that's the amazing thing of Christ here. Who Jesus, who existed in the form of God, did not consider equality as something to be exploited, but he poured himself out. That's the attitude we can adopt. Can I have the band come back, please? A good band that makes great music come back. God's calling us on us to follow him and to serve others in obedience, whether the world around us does that or not. We've seen amazing unity in our country in many ways. Whether you agree politically or not doesn't change the fact that people have unified around something in an amazing way. But how much more should we display the unity in the church and as the body of Christ and how we love and express others? So the instruction that Paul gets here is it gives here is to, to live selfless lives that care about others. Why would we do this? 
Why would we live that inconvenient life? Well, four things God directs us to in the scripture. I think we all know there's actually nothing more rewarding than getting to, to give. Um, the, the word of God says it's better to, to give than receive. It's better to bless than to be blessed. Thirdly, uh, as we know Christ in more, more and more, we'll act and we'll serve him. And the fourth is it makes us a contributor to the greatest purpose on earth, to have outward eyes. See, we can build a great purpose in our own life, but to be a part of the greatest purpose, we need to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. That's the invitation that Jesus has for us. Jesus said, if you want to gain life, you need to lose it. If you pour it out for God and for others, I believe we'll truly gain significance that we've never felt before, whatever that looks like. There's an opportunity today to join teams. Maybe it looks like that, but this works Monday in our workplaces, in our homes, in our families. If you're a stay-at-home parent or if you're a person who's around people all the time, you actually get the ability to love God and love others and to serve others selflessly. So welcome to the band today, the body of Christ. We're called to love in action. We're called to unity. And we're called to the greatest purpose, to love God and love others. That's what we're invited into 2022. Let me finish with another quote from Pastor Phil. He says, Serving Christ is serving others. No matter our gifts, true serving blesses others at our cost. Secure people serve easily. Servanthood guarantees effectiveness. How? People everywhere receive far easier from someone serving them from sorry from someone serving them than from selling them. Jesus is better served to the world around you than sold to the world around you. People's hearts are opened by people who will help. They're closed to those who are trying to sell them something. Let's be a Jesus people who show Jesus, don't just sell Jesus. Who actually serve Jesus who don't just try to sell that to the people around us. Maybe that person that you've been hounding or, or your family member who you're just saying, you just need to get to God and know Jesus. Maybe they just need to be served Jesus in 2022. Maybe they just don't need to be sold anymore. The world's selling, everyone's selling everything. Everyone's, but maybe if we're a body of Christ that would serve Jesus to people, they might experience Him in a brand new way. Let's just start, stand in this place as we close today's service. I hope you're encouraged this year to... 2022 to be a year where we look outwardly, we serve others, we love others, united around the same cause, harmonizing with each other, no no matter what our part to play is. And uh, I just want to offer an invitation today here, because in that scripture, we saw that Jesus poured himself out for humanity. And maybe you've never experienced him. Maybe you gave your life to him a long time ago, but you want to make a redecision today, a recommitment. to to Him and you want to acknowledge Him as Saviour. With all eyes closed in this place, I just want to take a moment. If that's you, I want to say a prayer. You're choosing to start a relationship with and put your faith in Jesus today. Or you want to make a rededication here today. Would you just wave your hand to me and I'll I'll acknowledge it and you can put it down and then I'll include you in this prayer. Really, you're giving a wave, a step of faith. I'm not going to bring you out the front or anything. But really, it's between you and God that you want to say, yeah, today I make that recommitment. So is there anyone who wants to follow Jesus today for the first time as I look across the room or you want to rededicate your life in the service? Can you just give me a wave? Just going across. Maybe you want to do it online. Even though you can't wave to me, you can be involved in this. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast. And check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. 
If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.